Okay, we are today's daf daf lamaches, and we pick up from the Mishnah. Six lines from the top of the daf, we're up to the Mishnah. We have two Mishnahs today. The first Mishnah will uh, take it slow and steady. It's going to discuss the the uh, time frame for taking the Dalad Minim. And the second Mishnah, which is towards the bottom of Amar Aleph, is going to get into the halachas of Halo. All right? Since we know, we, as we learned in the previous Mishnah, we shake the lulav, we wave the lulav during Halo. So we're going to get into a beautiful conversation and discussion uh, concerning Mehilchah's um, Halo. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. Six lines from the top of Lamed Chesamad Aleph, 38a. Misha Hoya. Sorry. No, that's the second Mishnah. First Mishnah. Here we go. Misha Babadarach. A person is coming on the road. A person's traveling. We're going to be Medayik as we read the Mishnah. Velo Haya Biado Lulav Lito. And on his travels, he does not have a Lulav to take. Now, let's think for a minute. When, what day of Sukkot is it? Day number one? Are you allowed to travel on day number one of Sukkot? It has to be day number three. Oh. Right, right, right. Very good. So it's got to be Cholomite. So that's the first diuk that we need to notice from this mission. A person's Baba Derech, and that means it ain't first day. Very important diuk, as we'll see for the Gemara. He doesn't have a Lulav with him. Okay, fine. We get it. He forgot to take his Dalad Mina. When he goes into his home, Yitol al Shulchanai. You must do take the mitzvah of lulav on your table. What in the world does this mean on your table? Rashi explains, and I don't want to get too into it because this is the main thrust, and the Gemara is going to have to take its time to build the picture. Suffice it to say, al-shulchanai means during the meal. Okay? So you come home. Let's keep the storyline. You come home. It's cholamayin, and he doesn't have a lulav. When he gets home... He's going to be obligated to perform the mitzvah of Dalad Minim, even if he's in the middle of his meal. So I guess even when he got home, let's just make an assumption, yeah? Even when he got home, the Dalad Minim weren't ready for him, and somebody's going to bring it to him. He starts his meal, and now the Dalad Minim show up, so he takes the Dalad Minim. Okay. Now it's interesting that he was traveling. Why is that important? We'll see. Says the Mishnah, Lain not al shachris. If you didn't take, if a person didn't do the mitzvah of lulav in the morning, you can do it in the afternoon. The whole day is kosher for lulav. What's another diuk? One second, right? What are you shaking your head for? What's the obvious what, question? What's the Mishnah teaching us? Yeah, what's the Mishnah teaching us? And, and the Mishnah could just say, If you don't take in the morning, uh uh-huh. Right? So obviously there's something to taking it in the morning. All right, beautiful. There uh very interesting Mishnah. The halach is clear, but I think the way it's written, right, is going to need some, need some um, clarity from our beloved Amairam. Says the Gemara. Why doesn't it also say that he, has, he goes into his sukkah? 
Why does it say you got to do it in your sukkah? He says it goes through this house. This table, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Very good. Yeah, very good. says when he gets to his house, Yale's has a beautiful deal. He gets to his house, Yitol al Shulchanai. Why does it, what's he doing sitting at his table on sukkahs in his house? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, but beautiful. That's a Gavaldi Kadiyak. It's an interesting, it's a good shot. The Gavara doesn't bavarn your question, but that you're going to have to, but yeah, you're going to have to say that uh, basically over here means that he ended his travels. He's now back home where he belongs. Okay, fine. A very, uh, very nice idea. Good. It says in the Mishnah that he do it on your table. Remember, the Mavsik, does this mean that you got to stop your meal while you're in the middle of your meal? you got to stop your meal to do the mitzvah of Dalavina. But I'm going to ask you a contradiction. There's a Mishnah in Mesech Shabbos that teaches us that when a person has a Zman Tfilah, when it's time for Mincha, if you're not supposed to start a meal. But if you start your meal, or various mitzvahs that are supposed to be done, if you start your meal, even if you shouldn't have, in Meshilu, in Mavsik, you don't need to stop your meal. So why over here by Lulav do we say you got to stop your meal? If when it comes to davening, once you start your meal, you don't need to stop. Amar of Safra, like Kasha, Hadika shows, but Yom Hadlaka shows, I'll tell you, very practical difference. When it comes to Hilcha Shabbos and we say that you don't need to stop your meal, it's just a practical set of circumstances. On Shabbos, we're dealing with a Mitzias, where you still had time during the day to Davin Mincha. And over here, we're talking about where he got home, it was already close to evening, he started his meal, and he's not going to have any time left. So there, you got to stop your meal and do the mitzvah of lulav. Amar Rava, Rava says to Rav Safra, what are you talking about? Well, one second. My gosh, I don't understand the question. I'll tell you a very practical difference between lulav and davening mincha. Lulav is a chi of the iraisa. It's a biblical obligation. Mincha is just the rabbonon. Okay? Now, we already have a question on this. You know why? Because when we read the Mishnah, what day of sukkahs is this? Keep that in mind. Beautiful, right? There's gonna be this is what the Gemara is gonna come out with. But right now we're saying one second. The mitzvah is daraisa and minchas derabanan. So maybe by by uh, the mitzvah derabanan of mincha, there you could keep your meal going. It's just a din derabanan to do. Finish your meal and then do derabanan. But by daraisa, maybe you got to stop your meal for a daraisa. Huh? Well, then what's he doing in his house? Okay, fine. So, says, says, oh, here. Here, here's the a proper question. You get home, you should take it by your table. Alma, notice these conversations are really breaking down. Like, what's this Mishnah saying? Alma Damasik, if you got to cut up from your table, that means you got to stop your meal. The other Tony, but then the Mishnah says, one second. If you didn't take it in the morning, you don't have to stop your meal. You just told me if you, if you don't do lulav in the morning, you take a lulav until shkia. So why in my middle of my meal am I stopping? The mission itself seems to be a contradiction. Don't do it if you said stop your meal in the middle of the day. One second, I, I could do this afterwards. What's the problem? Safra says, no, there's no contradiction in the mission. You know why? Like When did the mission say you got to stop your meal when it's almost shkia? And when did the say when you don't need to stop your meal? That's when you have plenty of time until shkia. Okay, that is Rava's take. Says Rav Zera, no, you're also wrong. Why? Because of what we explained when we read the Mishnah. 
He says to Rava, don't tell me the mitzvah of Lulav is Daraisa. What are you talking about? Right, so says Rav Zera, one second. First of all, um, you're supposed to take your lulav in the morning. And secondly, when we say, oh, um, you, could t- you don't have to stop your meal and take it in, your after- in the afternoon, it's because the entire day is kosher the lulav, that taka is a contradiction. So how am I going to wiggle out of this? It's the original way that we understood that there's a difference between um, that Shabbos, not Shabbos, I'm sorry, that tefillah and lulav really are similar. The halacha of mincha and halacha of lulav should all be together. Ah, you asked, lulav is daraisa, it's not true. We're dealing with the second day of Yom Tif, and I'll prove to you that we're dealing with the second day of Yom Tif. We're talking about a guy who's traveling. The envy of the lulav. He doesn't have a lulav. It must be that it's cholamai. These all gadaytav yontiv rishon. Because if it's dealing with yom, if it's dealing with yomtiv itself, mishari, is it going to be allowed? Of course not. A person's not allowed to travel on yomtiv, and therefore we're dealing with a dindarabanon of lulav. We're dealing with a dindarabanon of mincha. Why by mincha do we say finish your meal? And then do the mitzvah. And why by lulav do we say you got to stop where you are? Very practical. One's talking about where you have plenty of time afterwards to dive a mincha. That's where you don't stop your meal. And over here where we say you got to stop for lulav where it's almost shkia. Okay. Fine. Three, three uh, you know, uh, Amiram tackling this, trying to clarify the uh, statements of the Mishnah. Okay, but bottom line is, as you walk away from this Mishnah and the Gemara explaining it, the bottom line is that the halacha of the Mishnah of Misha Babadarach, when a person's traveling and it's on Cholamoid, you have a mitzvah to do and you start your meal, it's okay. It's okay. As long as you have time after the meal, as long as you have plenty of time to do the mitzvah, there's no obligation to interrupt the meal um, and do the mitzvah of Dalid Minim. Now, let's just, I want to leave off with one thought. And that is when we read the Mishnah, a few of us made a face when the Mishnah said, if you don't do it in the morning, you could do it in the afternoon because the whole day is Kashulav. Just tell me you could do the whole day is Kashulav. So, just want to throw in one more idea here. And that is, we see from the Mishnah as well, ideally, a person should do the mitzvah as soon as possible in the morning. That's a message, by the way the Mishnah wrote it. Because otherwise the Mishnah could have just said, Kalayim kosher the lulav. But the Mishnah purposely wrote, if you don't do it in the morning, do it in the afternoon, to let us know that when a Yid wakes up in the morning on Sukkot, one of the first things you do in the morning is to make sure to fulfill the mitzvah of Dalimina. If you didn't do it, it. you could do it later on too. But a, person, a Yid should take it. If you don't take it in the morning, fine, take it in the afternoon. But the Diyuk is you should. Okay. Next Mishnah, and this Mishnah till the, for the remainder of this daf, and on to tomorrow's daf as well, is going to be just a, a beautiful uh, conversation discussing in Yone Halal. In Yone Halal, topics concerning Halal. Here we go. Misha Haya Eved Aisha, Aikatan Makrin Aisai. If a person has a woman 
an Evet, I'm sorry, an Evet Kanani, who's obligated in mitzvahs like a woman, a woman herself, or a Katon, and I'm going to add in, Shehigia Lechinuch, a Katon that's reached the age of Chinuch. Okay? Makrin Aisai. And these three people are reading Hallel on his behalf. Ona Achareihem Masheheim Omrim. You should repeat verse by verse the words that they're saying. Visavo Allah Meira and let him be cursed. Okay. Let's pause. What's going on? When a ideally when a person does mitzvahs, you're supposed to do it yourself. This is called mitzvah bo yaiser mi bishlucha. It's a mitzvah to do it by yourself more than sending a messenger. Ideally, a person should use their own guf, their own body to perform the mitzvah. So we're supposed to make and recite halal by ourselves. An adult Jewish male is obligated to recite halal on sukkahs. Shake the lulav as well. It's a mitzvah derabonat. To shake the, the minhag, we'll say. is to shake a lulav while we recite ha. What if a person, Pashid, can't read? What if he can't read? Can I appoint my wife, my servant, or my child that has reached chinuch to recite halal on my behalf? Now, why not? Why can't I make them my messenger? Because they're not obligated to recite halal. It's a mitzvah saseh man grama. It's a time-bound mitzvah. A woman is not obligated the same way that I'm obligated. The Ever Kanani who's obligated like a woman is not obligated the way that the adult male is obligated. And the Katon, Shehigi al-Chinuch, also Chinuch is a Dinder Abonon. Okay? So it's not obligated the way that I'm obligated to have. So the Mishnah says... Usually, if another man is reciting halal for me, I just need to say amen afterwards to his halal. I should listen. One who listens like one who's saying it. Listen, say amen at the end, and you're good. But if I have a woman, an evid, or a cut on reading it, because I can't read, you got to repeat the exact words that they say. Okay? A halal itself is their abonon. A halal lel pesach is also their abonon. It's not tied into dalakosos and matzah and everything. No, no. The, uh, halal and moror are are midrabon. Okay. Now, however, let's say I don't have a woman in Eved and a katan reading for me. Im godol makri I say, I appoint another man to say halal for me. Then, you know what I do? Very interesting. Ready for this? After each Pasuk, you say, Hallelujah. Beautiful. Okay? So in other words, like this. I don't know how to read Hallel. So I have a Shliach. I say, listen, can you say Hallel for me? Okay? So, the fellow makes the bracha. I say, Amen. The opening bracha. L'kraya sahalo. I make and I say Amen, and then he says, "Yevarech um, es beis Yisrael." Second paragraph, right? 
Yuvarakas Beso, Yuvarakas Besar. Yuvarakiri Hashem Akhtanam Akhtanam. Hallelujah. Yosef Hashem Alecha, Alecha, Alecha. After each Pasuk, you say Hallelujah. You don't just say Amen to the Bracha. After each Pasuk, you say Hallelujah. Now, the Bafarshim explain why do you do this? Yeah, I hope, I really hope that the. The the Goyesh Hebra is not what they picked up. <laughs> That's what you're thinking, right? <laughs> they picked up on this, right? But uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the reason to do this, though, interestingly, is, is kind of like for hype, is to show one's excitement for the bracha. Like Hashem is praised. Like, uh, like your mom is part of this. You're not waiting for the end of the... Uh, you're not waiting for the end of the entire paragraph. Okay? So again, what do we have so far? When an, a woman, an ebed, or a katan reads for me, I have to recite word for word. When a man reads for me, what's proper to do, in addition to saying amen, is to say hallelujah after each pasuk. We know there are certain psukim in halal where the verses are doubled over. That is a minug. Right? There are certain psukim in halal, we're all familiar with it. Yeah? The doubling of the psukim are it's a minhag. Says the Mishnah, if it's if you're in a place where the minhag is to repeat the psukim, do that. Lift show you show. If you live in a place where you only say each pasuk once, do it that way. Levarech yevarech. There are some places where like our minhag is we say lekraya sahalal in the beginning, and then all the way at the end, there's there's a um, a paragraph of yahalaluka. Hashem Aleikeinu, right? And then it ends, Baruch Atah Hashem Melech Mulal Batish Baruchais, right? That bracha at the end was added afterwards. That's a minug. So some places have the minug to say that bracha at the end. Some places don't. Levarech Yivarech. Even your place where the minug is to make that end bracha, you make the end bracha. And Hakol Keminag Medina. Everything goes by the place where one lives. Okay, very interesting Mishnah concerning uh, concerning Hilchas Hala. All right, now it seems that the bracha at the beginning of Halal is not a minute. That's part of the Iker Halal. The, the, the opening bracha of Lekraya Sahalal that everybody says. Here we're dealing with the end of Halal. Okay. The rabbis don't so sweet. Everybody agrees. To the following halacha. Listen to this. A child who's not yet bar mitzvah is allowed to say birchas hamazen for his father. He says the bracha out loud and the father answers amen. If you're bothered by this, good. The eved mevarech l'rabbi. A servant could say Birchas Hamazan for his master, and the master answers Amin. Isha Mivarechas Labala, a woman could recite Birchas Hamazan out loud for her husband, and her husband answers Amin. Avul Amracham, the Cham say, Tabam Yir Ladm Sheshdim Ubana Bavarchin Lai. person should be cursed if he needs his wife, servant, or child to make a bracha on his behalf. All right. To put this loaded brisa into one minute, I'll tell you why it's loaded. You're never allowed to send a messenger to do a mitzvah if they're not obligated on the same level that you are. Okay? 
How can a child say Berchas HaMazen, who's not yet Bar Mitzvah, say Berchas HaMazen for a father? How could he do that? He's not obligated. So the Mepharshim here, there's a, a, a lot to talk about, but ultimately, you have to say that the kid is ate the required biblical amount. He ate amount that he's fat, satisfied. Therefore, he's obligated as far as the mitzvah der Abbanan of Chinuch to recite Birchas HaMazen. The father did not eat a proper amount to be satisfied. He only ate a minimal amount where Midairaisa, he's not really obligated, but maybe Midrabanan, he also is. Therefore, the son and the father are now in the same category. And that's what the Mishnah means when it says, Ben Mavarech Lavav. Okay, that's the, that's the title over here. But the additional idea to notice here is that even if a person needs to do this, we say, A person's cursed. Either he should have a curse because it's Nebuch, it's so sad on him that people who are not obligated to do the mitzvah need to be a messenger on behalf of someone who is obligated. It's just, it's, 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 it's a curse. In Mitzi, it's in a reality. It's like Nebuch, Nebuch on the guy. Okay? Or it's like a little bit of Musr to the guy. Like, hello? You, you could do this, but like, you know, like stop. There's no reason to get it. You should do the mitzvah by yourself. It just, it looks bad. It looks bad. Okay. Amar Rabba Rabba says, Top of Lamed Chesam Adveiz. Hilchus HaGavir Asa, Ika Lamashram Yimun There's a lot of halachas to learn out concerning halal. Here we go. Let's get into halal. Ready? Beauty. Huaymer, hallelujah. The one leading the halal says hallelujah. The Haymer and the Kehilla responds hallelujah. They also say hallelujah. Mikan, Shemitzvah la'anois, hallelujah. From here you see that when halal starts out, everybody should be saying hallelujah. Okay? Now, apparently, the Mepharshim here explained, Rashi gets into this, is that Rava was saying what was done in his times. In his times, there was somebody in the shul, the chazan of the shul, would get up and he would uh, say halal out loud, and the kehillah would kind of get involved, you know, by, uh, with certain responses. says Rava, the... The the minog was that the chazan says halu abde Hashem. Fortunate, praiseworthy, are those who are servants of Hashem. The heimaimrim and everybody says and responds hallelujah. Mikanshim Over here you see that if a gadol, even if if you have another man who's obligated in halal, reciting on your behalf, you don't have to answer word for word like the Mishnah said. I know love hallelujah, right? All you got to do is respond, hallelujah. Who I mer, haidul Hashem. The chazan says, haidul Hashem kitav, ki laylam chazdai, vehem haimrim, haidul Hashem. They don't just say hallelujah. They say, haidul Hashem. Kehillah responds, haidul Hashem. Mikan, shemitzvah la'anois, rashi frakim. From here you see that, um, that um, the first pasuk, of each paragraph of Tehillim that we say during Hallel, you don't just say Hallelujah, you say the whole Pusik word for word. Itmar Nami, Amar Rabba, Mitzulana Rashi Prak. 
everybody should be saying the first pasuk of each paragraph. And then after the first pasuk, you say hallelujah to each pasuk. Hu oimer ona Hashem ishiyana. Vehem oimerim ona Hashem ishiyana. Mikan, from here you learn, that if a koton is saying halal for somebody else, you say after the koton the same exact words that he said. Okay. Also, they don't just say hallelujah, they say, you see from over here, this is very, very interesting. Okay? That apparently, by Anashem they didn't have to say the Pasuk. They didn't have to say the words. They could have just said Hallelujah. From the fact that they said Anashem you see from here, and this is a very Chashava Indian, that when it comes to Hallel, you're allowed to repeat Psukim. Very interesting Indian. This is not a local amaisa. Okay? Not a local amaisa. It's an interesting Indian. When you have a bracha that's made, you can't just start repeating words in the middle of the bracha. It's very important when it comes to people who sing songs during during uh, different parts of davening, right? There's there's various shoals. There's minhagim and our shul. There's minhagim to sing different parts of davening. There's certain parts of davening where words are allowed to be repeated. Other parts where it's not allowed. For example, l'chadaydi. Is there anything wrong with the chazan repeating words during the chadaydi? No, no problem. You can say the chadaydi as many times as you want. It's not a bracha, it's not a tefillah, it's, a, it's, right? it's, a, it's welcoming in the Shabbos. You're allowed to repeat words in the chadaydi. Shabbos morning, there's a minute to sing Kel Adon in Shul. You're allowed to repeat words in the song of Kel Adon? Absolutely not. You're in the middle of a bracha. It's usher to repeat words in the middle of Kel Adon. What about Kedusha? You ready for this? You're allowed to repeat words during Kedusha. <laughs> oh, this used to be one of my pet peeves. When I was in Yeshiva, I was like, what? What are you chazim, Mishigas? People, uh, I'm not saying you should. But, interestingly, are not words that are part of the Iker Kedusha. The original Kedusha is Nekadeh Shimcha Ba'elam, Kadesh, 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 and then Yimlech. The other parts are additional words that are added in. And interestingly, there are Paiskim, and it seems this is the way that Rav Daniel Neustadt, amongst others, Paskin and follow, that they don't encourage a Chazan to repeat words, but if a, if a Chazan does repeat words during Kedusha, it's not considered a hefzik. It's not considered a hefzik. It's not considered a brick. Very interesting, uh, very interesting zach. When it comes to halal, which is one long bracha as well, you're not allowed to repeat any words that are not established. So I'm saying this is not, but ultimately what Rub is saying here is that if you want to go back and just repeat the whole thing, you've got to be very careful uh, in, in how you do it, unless it's part of the, the tefillah. Okay, but mekan and balik vokova, according to what Rub is saying, if a person wants to... Um, uh, uh, double up sukkim any time. This is again. This is in his times. The way Hal was established, he was allowed to. From here you see because interestingly they're saying the next words. How can you move on to the next words unless the first words are considered as if you said them? 
Very interesting. What if a person listens to somebody else, but he doesn't say Amen? He doesn't say Amen, or he doesn't say Hallelujah, he doesn't repeat the words. What if a person just listens? Interesting Shiloh, right? I send you to make a bracha on my behalf. I hear, I listen to your Kiddush. I'm at your house, you make Kiddush. I listen to your Kiddush. Your main Kiddush has my Shliach, right? I don't answer Amen. What's the halacha? Are you still my shliach and I got my chiyuch? Amar lehu. See, he said to them, Chachimaya, the Chachamim, the Safraya, and the Seifrim, the Reishayama, and the heads of Klal Yisrael, the Darshaya, and those who give drushes, Amru, they say, Shama v'lai ana yatsa. As long as a person listens with das, with proper intent that this person is my shliach, even if you don't answer Amen, you have fulfilled your chiyu. Itmar Nami learned the Bible similarly. Omar Roshim and Pazi, Omar Yeshua Belevi, Mishum Bar Kapara, Minayim Lishmei How do you know that one who listens itself without even answering is considered as if I answered? Dixiv, Es Kol Divrei Hasefer, Asher Kara Melech Yehuda. All the words of Sefer. That the king of Yehuda read, read read From here you see, Now we mamish consider it like Yeshiyahu was the one who read it, even though the Misa Shafan, the in in practicality, was the one who read it. How do you didn't read it? Maybe first Shafan read the Pesukim. And then Yeshiyahu responded afterwards, and you don't mamish see Shemeya Ka'ina if he taka read it. So Amar Yaakov, you shouldn't think that it's not possible. Because says in the pasuk, Yan, because Rach Levavcha, your heart was soft. Vatikana mipnei mipnei Hashem himself is to lower themselves. In front of Hashem, Bishamacha, uh, um, it's in, in parentheses, it's a Dvar Okay, when you heard the words of the Torah, what does it mean, Bishamacha? Yeshio heard it, Bishamacha, and the Maisa, he didn't end up reading it. So you see from here that Shafan read it, Yeshio did not read it, and hence um, you, you have a proof from here that Shemeya Ka'ina. One more halacha for today, Omar Rava. Rabba says, inish When a person says the, the verse of Baruch Haba you should not say Baruch Haba Kama and then B'Shem Hashem. Rather, Ella, Baruch Hashem You should read the words Baruch Hashem all together. Okay? Now, why? Because otherwise it looks like you're saying like this Baruch Haba. What does Baruch Haba mean? Welcome. Then you say B'Shem Adoshem. What's the shaykhis? Why are you saying Hashem's name? So it's important when a person says Hashem's name to put it in proper context. Right? That people should know the context that you're saying Hashem's name in and you're not just saying it uh, you're not just saying it stamazay. And the rest is in parentheses until the second line of the top of Lama Tessamad Aleph. Bez Hashem, we will pick up on the second line of Lama Tessamad Aleph with Omar Rava, Bez Hashem, tomorrow morning at 9.30. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. A good Tavach, a good Chaydesh. Ksibach, Sima Taivah. We said, uh, we said, uh, Kiddush Levana tonight. All right. A wonderful evening.